Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, folks, Doug and Jess getting ready for another edition of the Organic Gardeners. Doug's got the big tomato and garlic day at Phipps Conservatory and Botanical Gardens, 11 a.m. to 4. We'll get to that. Jessica's back with us for another week. Dick Till, Davy Tree within a half hour. But right now, let me just say this. If you are the 10th caller at 412-922-1020, 10th caller, 412-922-1020, you want a $25 gift certificate from the good folks out in Wexford. And, of course, we're talking about sorghum. So here they are, the dynamic duo of the gardening world, Doug Oster, EverybodyGardens.com, and Jessica Wallace, both, of course, at another great brand, the Tribune Review. Good morning. Good morning. I am Doug Oster from Everybody Gardens and the Tribune Review. And I'm horticulturist Jessica Wallace. And I need my hot cocoa this morning. It is cold out. <laughs> something out there. I had my seat warmer on in the car. Oh, boy. Because it was parked outside all night, and I was like, it's chilly when the first morning of the year they have to put the seat warmer on, and it's not even September. Start of the transition. Yeah. Start of the fall transition. I know. Some of the leaves are turning yellow. Actually, I want to talk to Dick Till about this from Davy Tree when he comes in uh, at the bottom of the hour because I want to ask him, a lot of our trees are losing their leaves early, and I'm not sure if it's just this recent drought stress or if it's something we have to be on the lookout for, but it's like... A little taste of fall a little bit early. Well, keep planting. That's my message. Uh, I'm. This is a big time for me. This, I'm, I'm really into this part where I'm planting uh, some seeds of cool weather crops. Put some tatsoy in last week, which is a weird green that's from the you know kale and broccoli family. Real nice, mild green rosettes. Easy to grow. Has to be in cool weather, you know. But lettuce and arugula and Corn mash, is that the way Mache, you say it? I say it. Uh, yeah, I, I got well, corrected by Mache. It might I got, be mash. I, don't I, got know. I got corrected by somebody who said that she was a French teacher or well, something. Well, then she knows more than me, that's for sure, because I don't it's know. M A C H E, and it has With a, little a little accent. Ex- thingy a over little the e. accent. I like the way you said <laughs> that. <laughs> a little accent. A little accent. Yes. So cool weather crops. Pretty soon the nurseries will have some cool weather crops out there to put in. Um, I, I love that part of the season, putting that stuff in, uh, harvesting for as long as possible. Uh, tomatoes, finally, for people, you know, going like crazy. If they're not turning red yet, just cut the tops off. It's too late for them to put on tomatoes, uh, and that'll force them into uh, – uh, You mentioned that. Like it's like a little aside, but it's actually kind of really a cool thing when you think about it. Right, you cut the top of the plant mm-hmm. off, and that stimulates everything on there to ripen. Have you had tons of tomatoes now? Uh, not really. I have a groundhog. I was thinking oh, of you the other day God. when I saw it. He's a fat and sassy groundhog too. Ugh. It's getting in under the fence, and uh, you know, eating half the tomato Ugh. and leaving the other half there to rot. And he climbed up the uh, tomato stake on two of my tomatoes and knocked the whole darn thing over, and then ate the tomatoes. So I I will have to uh, figure out what to do about him. I think he just started to get in there this week. I wasn't in the garden very much, so I didn't notice it was happening until I went in yesterday. And then I was like, oh, man. I picked like six or yeah. eight yesterday. Hmm. You know, I didn't have the best year. I, I, I'm going to have to move my my plot. The stuff that I moved out a little ways from where I normally grow them because I only have so much sun did great. But hmm. where that other spot was, the hydrangeas on the other side of 
grown-ups so big that they're they're shading the tomatoes. So I got to make some changes. My vegetable garden is just metamorphosized into a vegetable flower garden. Yeah. You know, well, that's I, good, though. It's good for the pollinators. Um, the lilies. You know, buying those lilies this time of the year. I saw them at... Uh, here's here's your, your cue, folks. Two bucks at a nursery in one-gallon pots. Now, there's no flowers on them. They look awful, but if you put them in next year, next summer, you're going to have beautiful lilies. And you better get out there today because I'm going to buy them up all tomorrow. <laughs> are you going to say which nursery? Or are you going to no, keep that private? No, they no, just have to go to every local nursery. They'll be. At, they will be <laughs> at every nursery until they find. They them will for be sale. at every nursery. Yeah. I think you can pretty much guess and where, that's, where I'm going. That's not the only bulb that you can get this time of year, and you oh, should yeah. be starting to think about placing your bulb order. Uh, you know, if you buy mail order bulbs, daffodils, tulips, you know, anything like that, hyacinths. All of that stuff, now is the time to get online or look at their catalog and place your order because a lot of places will sell out of certain varieties. If there's something that's a little more unusual that you're looking for, you're going to want to place your order now. If you wait too long, you might miss your chance. And then, of course, our local nurseries always have bulbs in. They'll probably be getting those in within the next couple of weeks if they don't have them already. And that's another great source. But also, again, like they always have some leftovers, but sometimes the leftovers are yeah. the varieties that not you everybody gotta, wants. You got to get the stuff that you really love now. Yep. You know, uh, and then you can play bargain hunter later and put, put in what you need to put in. But, you know, I want to put in uh, a bunch of cool stuff that you got to get it now or it's all going to be gone. Right, right. Let me talk about what's going on today. I'm going to be at the Tomato and Garlic Day all day today at Phipps Conservatory from 11 to 4. It's an important festival to to bring your garden produce to to help the hungry. It, uh, there'll be a truck there from the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. And Tomato and Garlic Day is free, but if you bring some fresh garden produce, you get into the conservatory itself to see the great summer flower show, Van Gogh in Bloom, we're trying to surpass last year's donation of 1,500 pounds of produce. I made my uh, ultimate garlic soup yesterday, and my wife and daughter-in-law walked down about a mile to the Dairy Queen. And they could still smell <laughs> they it. They could still smell it <laughs> blowing out of the— And that's that, ultimate. And when I started making it, before the garlic really cooked down, I gave some to my son, who we are garlic fanatics, and he— <laughs> Let's just say it's the ultimate garlic <laughs> soup, but it's uh, it's it's mellowed out. Are I, you giving soup out today to taste get, of soup? You get okay. free soup, and then I have these beautiful, beautiful handmade uh, tiles made in Spain. Oh, I saw those. That, uh, oh, they're just so pretty, and I got them at um, American Architectural Salvage in Mount Pleasant. I have a friend that works there, and she said, I have these garlic tiles, and they're almost for nothing. And I was like, oh, I can use those as a keepsake for Tomato and Garlic Day. You know, when you think about the food bank, you have to know who they are helping. And they are helping the working poor. They're helping kids and they're helping seniors. Uh, that fresh produce, compared to the canned stuff that's so high in sodium and everything, that fresh produce is just so valued. So come on out today. There are lots of other stuff there. Dr. Phipps will be there answering garden questions. There's a pot of plant activity Culinary classes at Botany Hall. You got to uh, sign up first, but you could probably do that online. And as always, 
I'll be paying my daughter $25 to dress up as a tomato. She is very excited. And how many years has Stephanie been dressing as a tomato? I don't know, but a actually actually my son was over. He's 33, and they brought out a tomato garlic basil book and showed my daughter-in-law the picture of him dressed as a tomato. So it's been a long time that I've been paying kids to, yeah, it's 15th year for the tomato and garlic day. Uh, and so come on out today. We're going to have fun. There's a big market with all sorts of organic stuff, organic produce and farmer's market and garlic and everything you're going to need. And it's going to be a beautiful day. Going to be hopping in a gorgeous, gorgeous day for it. All right, take a short break. We'll come back. We'll get to your phone calls. Don't forget Dick Till is going to be here. Fall checklist time. Davy Trees within 20 minutes next hour. Your favorite lunch menu recipes heading back to school. Brown bagging it on the Coons Cooking Hour. Then Heffron Tillett sent your money and you. Then we wrap up our day today. Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday Show, 11 a.m. Davy Trees, Talking Trees, Fall Checklist Time. Dick Till within 20 minutes with Doug and Jess. But right now, time to get to the busy phone lines. Let's go to Butler and say hi to Vince. Vince, you're on KDK Radio. How you doing, buddy? Morning. I'm doing fine. Everything's growing well in the garden. Good. Like out of hand. But I have a question about some fig fig plants that I got. Uh, planted them this spring. They're in uh, like 12-inch pots. I've got them outside, and uh, they were growing very nicely the first part of spring and then right around July, first of July or so, they stopped growing. And um, a few weeks later, some of the leaves started turning yellow, but I don't see any buds, any flowers or anything like that. Do they have to mature to a certain age? Or 12-inch pots are awful small. Too small? Know, that's, that's the first thing. I, I would have I want would have wanted them either in a bigger pot or or out in the garden somewhere. You know, figs figs are tough. I was at a garden the other day and and they were just putting little green figs on. You know, that's yeah. going to be maybe. Yeah, this is a, you know you were describe when you were describing what was happening to yours. I'm thinking in my head, my fig does the exact same thing in July when the weather gets really hot and it starts to get stressed out. Um, if I don't religiously water it and water it well every time I water it, that same thing happens. The leaves turn yellow and they drop off. Now, the new leaves towards the outer edge of the plant, those always stayed green. Is that the case with yours as well? Yep. Yep. yep they're green. Exactly. And it's they're only good. the leaves from the inside of the plant and lower down on the stems that have yellowed and fallen off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's yeah. what happened with mine, too. And frankly, you know, I... Some years I did everything right, and that still would happen. Uh, and then what, you know, when the weather would get really cold and start to cool off at night down, you know, in into the, like, 40s at night, that's when I would take it down into the garage um, and then, you know, cross my fingers that I did everything right and would get figs the next year. So okay. I do agree with Doug. You probably ought to put it in a bigger pot, though. Maybe wait till spring to transplant it, pot it up into a, the next size up. Yeah. I may find a spot in the garden to plant them and see how they do next year. Just they're watch, just though. Sitting there, they're sitting there. They're looking good, and they're, you know, they're like they want to do something, but they're just not doing it. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is not the time of year, really, for them to be doing anything. You don't want them to set fruit now because it Too won't late. mature. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, just let them let them sit, and then in the spring, give them transplant them maybe into like a, you know, 14- or 16-inch pot. And then uh, if they're going to set fruit, that's the time when they're going to do it, hopefully, is early in okay. the spring or, or throughout early part of next year. Thank All you right. very much. Right, thank Good you. Well, I'm really excited. Uh, I have a daylily named after me. Oh, cool. <laughs> Sarah and Steve Zolak 
I've known about their garden for 20 years from our friend Ann Talarak, who's a horticulturist at Falling Water, uh-huh. and went there for a visit with a bunch of people. We had a reunion from the people that uh, some of the people that went to Italy with me, and it was down in Belvernon. And so our next stop was at the Zolox Garden, which is amazing. They bred countless daylilies and hostas, it's in, and they're all on display there, and we get to see them in full bloom. And when I showed up, they said, uh, we're, they're big fans of, of the show, of mm-hmm. the radio show. And so there's a now officially a Douglas Oster daylily. I'm going to propagate this thing, and wow. I'm, I'm, I'm going to use it for for charity. So stay tuned. I, I've nice. got some, some ideas what for it. What does it look like? What is it? It's What's beautiful that? orange flowers with these uh, – They've been breeding these teeth into the uh, outer petal things. Oh, cool. It's just, I'll show you a picture. Like a ruffly edge yep, around it, just yep, like yep. you with the ruffly with edge. The ruffly edge, that's yeah. right. So that's I'm just, really cool. I'm thrilled. I went down there yesterday to pick it up. And so it was very exciting to see all the paperwork and everything. Wow. And yeah, it's really cool. It's official. Yeah. That's neat. That's fun. I love that. Dollar Bank Instant Access, budworms in the petunias. What uh, can you do? Just yeah. wrote about this for the trip because I've been hearing from a lot of gardeners about it. Your petunias are growing great they're beautiful and then the next thing you know all the buds are missing same thing can happen with your geraniums this is a petunia or geranium budworm they're the same species they also attack portulaca uh, million bells and a couple of other plants as well Uh, it's a nocturnal moth lays its egg on the plant and then the, the caterpillars actually feed at night so a lot of times you don't see them during the day they hide out along the stems um and then they'll eat the buds at night Uh, what I like to do is go out to my plants at night with a flashlight because I'm weird like that and pick them off because they're really easy to spot. Um, What's cool about them is they can be green or yellow or pink or maroon colored depending on what they're eating. Bad year for them. Really bad year for them. And I think that's just because of the temperatures warming. I mean, this was traditionally a southern pest. The range is now moving north. Uh, but handpicking in the evening is at nighttime with a flashlight is definitely the best way to go. BT works too, the organic insecticide BT, but you got to be real careful that that doesn't drift onto other plants where that could be yeah, hosting good, butterfly caterpillars. caterpillars. Yeah. Ed, you're up next for Doug and Jess on the Organic Gardeners. Good morning, Ed. Morning. Uh, I've got asparagus. The crabgrass and quackgrass is starting to get in into it now. Uh, is there some way to control this? God, that's so hard when, it is. You, when you get <laughs> stuff growing like that into an asparagus bed. It's funny. I just did an interview with somebody, and they, they talked about their grandfather uh, at the end of the year burning it off and then burning in the in the spring. Oh. <laughs> and they had the best – They ha- that's what they do. They have the best asparagus. Huh. So – that's interesting. So they just would burn down how... like the dead fronds and stuff yeah, when they would yeah, yeah. get the leaves care of that the, collected in there. It takes care of the weeds. Uh-huh. So again, I... you know, this be something you'd have to be really careful about. I've never seen this done. I'm just mm-hmm. relating what somebody told me and the three of them, the the daughter and the granddaughter and the, the yeah. grandfather who passed away, that that's the way they deal with their asparagus and weeds. So huh. I don't know. I what think do you think, I tried Jess? burning in the fall, but it didn't work. Uh uh, my mother used she had asparagus for fifty years and put salt on it. She said asparagus like salt, one of the few things that likes salt. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. do that. No, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, because you're gonna you're gonna solidify the soil so much that it's gonna burn the roots and that. Uh, yeah, I don't. And and also salt. You know, people think it kills weeds, but it really doesn't kill weeds. It doesn't get the roots all the way down. So 
they will eventually be back. I actually like the burning idea, but I don't like the idea of setting fire to it. So what I might do is wait until all of the fronds die off and then cut them, you know, cut them down to the ground. And then they have propane torches you can buy. Uh, They're uh, called flamers. So it's like a little propane torch. Uh, there's one called Dragon, the Dragon Weeder, yeah. I think it's Dragon called. Dragon Weeder is right. And you can, you know, because asparagus spears will not be up, you could do that in the fall and then again in the early spring before the spears emerge. And that would kind of fry those plants out. Um, and also on top of that, I would add a couple of inches of shredded up leaves in, the, you know, in the fall or in the early spring or straw. And that would really, uh, excuse me, not straw, hay. And that would, no, straw. And that would really help suppress those weeds as well. All right, thank you for the call. About a minute before the break. Well, come see me today at Phipps. It's tomato and garlic day. I've got some ultimate garlic lover soup for you, and I want you to bring your produce for the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. We're going to have fun today, 11 to 4 at Phipps. And as always, keep planting, keep planting. Uh, Bulb planting has become, it's going the way of the dodo. People aren't planting bulbs anymore. I don't know why, but. They should be. I know. There's nothing like it. I mean, you, when spring comes and your crocuses and especially daffodils for me, daffodil season is just so magical. There's no turning back once the daffodils bloom. It's like, that's it. Uh, so plant some bulbs. I use this ball bogger. I've always used a ball bogger for 30 years. I find it the easiest way to plant bulbs, just a big giant drill bit. And you can do 100 bulbs in 10 minutes. You just like it because it's a power tool. Uh, I'm not good with power tools. <laughs> it's dangerous when power tools are in my hand. <laughs> well, that's one you can handle. Children Maybe that's start why running. you enjoy. It really does make a quick work of that. Of All right. Task. Coming up, Dick Till's going to be here. Davy Tree, Talking Trees. It's the fall checklist. And Shelby Gassessi is just two minutes away with your news coming up at 730. Joe and Frank, next hour, Coons Cooking Hour, Heffron Tillotson, your money and you. Pratt Pack going to be in the air chair with you all the way until 1 o'clock this afternoon. I'll be sitting in today with Jim Marathon. Of course, Ray Ballantyne co-hosting that show. And then it is the Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday show from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. So a long way to go. Lots of stuff to get to. Stay with us. KDKA Radio. All right, folks. Lots to get to. He's here. And for the introduction of Mr. Till, ladies and gentlemen, Doug Oster. We are joined by Dick Till from the Davy Tree Expert Company. And Jessica, boy, we've already been talking about this. Trees are already losing their leaves. What's the story? Yeah. Well, we're talking about fall checklist today, and that's number one on my checklist. Why are all my tulip poplars dropping their leaves? Well, there's a lot of trees, especially tulip poplars, river birches, silver maples, plane trees, sycamores, any trees that love a lot of water. Uh, you know, we're actually going through a little dry spell now, and this is the driest it's been in two years. So you'll notice a lot of the inner leaves are the ones that are falling off. And that's just the tree's way of conserving energy and not transpiring too much water. But uh, the, all the buds are made for next year already. All the leaf buds are on there. The spring flowering trees and shrubs all have their flower buds all set for next year. So even if all the leaves fell off, the trees would still be fine for springtime. So the longer the leaves stay on now, it's just a little bit extra money in the bank for the trees for next year. So nothing I need to be worrying about. Other than the fact that I'm going to have to rake a little early right. or mulch them with the mower, which is what we usually do. So, right. so no, not to worry about the tree if that's happening. That's good to know. 
No, and if they're under a lot of stress, you know, you can set the sprinkler out there and give it a good deep watering. But if they're big, mature trees, you know how to handle it. Okay. Excellent. So what else is on the fall checklist? Uh, removing risk trees, what does that mean? Yeah, it's a good time to check, you know, have an arborist out to check your trees out and make sure everything's healthy. No big major dead wood that's going to fall out and hurt somebody. And um, just do a, an inspection, make sure that, you know, they'll last the winter time. Um, you know, one good thing in the winter time when the deciduous trees lose their leaves, if you got a high wind, you know, they can blow through the trees. But uh, you know, you got to keep an eye on the evergreens because most of those are shallow rooted. And if the ground's really wet and you get a high wind, you, know, you can lose them. Is there still time to fertilize? Oh yeah, yeah. If you do a slow release fertilizer, um, you know, have some. Some good stuff, some potassium and phosphorus in there for the roots. Uh, as long as the ground isn't frozen, the roots are still active, and they'll be taking in the nutrients in the water. And uh, that's one thing. If you have small evergreens that you just planted this year, um, we got to make sure that they're watered in the winter time. If we go through a dry spell, now, usually we'll have some snow, wet snow, and when that melts, it'll water the plants. And you know, we do have our fall rains. But uh, if the ground's frozen or we don't get a lot of moisture or a lot of rain, it would be good to give them a drink just because they do transpire water through the foliage all winter, you know, all the gymnosperms, all the evergreens. When you do give them a drink, like an evergreen, how do you know how much water to give them? Um, a lot of it just depends how big they are or how long they've been in the ground. But if they're newly planted, um, as long as you give them enough like an inch of water, that'll soak down into the roots enough to to water the whole root zone. And then it's good to keep a mulch, you know, a good two to three inches of mulch around the root zone, not piled up on the trunk. Yeah, I think about you every time I drive out of here when I look across the street and I see the volcano Volcanoes, gets bigger yeah. and bigger and bigger <laughs> around the trees, and yeah, it, it and breaks the, my heart and it drives Jessica and I crazy. And uh, mulch is just good that... You know, helps keep the weeds down, the competition, keeps moisture in, uh, mitigates some of the extreme temperature changes in the wintertime, and it just looks nice, too. But don't pile it up against the trunk. Don't pile it up against <laughs> the trunk. You'll promote root rot. And... Yeah, which actually, you know, you're talking about preparing these evergreens for going into winter, and one of the things that I notice some people doing sometimes is if they're living on a road where there's a lot of salt spray, Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you can do either to the to the plant or to the soil to keep that salt spray from coming up onto the plants once we get? I know I don't want to talk about the W word, but when winter arrives, we you know that's right. a that's a real concern. Right, and it, it's up to the people that are planting the trees. You got to watch where you're planting them. You know, if you're next to a road where it's a forty mile an hour speed limit, when the trucks and cars go, you're going to have salt spray blown in the wind. So you want to plant them off the road far enough. Um, you can put up barriers like burlap or plastic or something, but there's a lot of townships that you're not allowed to do that just because it looks, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't look very nice. How was the season in general for the trees? Uh, they're just growing like crazy. You know, with all the rain we had last year and this year, all that deep watering, I see a lot of fast-growing trees like the birches and sycamores. You know, they're all putting on 10, 12 inches of growth this year. Um, and it, with... All the rain and moisture comes the diseases. So yeah, that's what I was going to ask about. All the apples and crab apples got apple scab and anthracnose on the 
oaks and maples like we usually have, but mm-hmm. and we're even seeing anthracnose on elm trees and trees that you don't normally see it on. But it's nothing anybody needs to freak out about, right? Like this, just because they got it this year doesn't mean they're going to have it next year, right? Right. Okay. But right. Cl- you, do you want to just make sure you clean up all those leaves? If you know your tree had a disease, you want to make sure you get those out of yeah. there, right? Yeah, okay. you want to rake them up because the spores ever went around the old foliage. and It's just a sanitation you know, to help get rid of the spores so it doesn't reinfect infect them next year. Can you compost those leaves or do you have to burn them? Or I mean, is it okay to put those in the compost pile? Uh, it's better i mean if you have a good compost it gets warm and can bake the spores but if there's a way to get rid of them keep them away from your trees that's the best way okay so and compost them way over there yeah <laughs> and your how, how about deer <laughs> oh dear <laughs> <laughs> yeah because it's going to be rut soon they're going to be rubbing on the tr- uh, young trees yeah. and that's really damaging yeah. and there's a lot of them out there i'm seeing all the does with their babies out there and there's a lot of twins out there mm-hmm. i saw some twins frolicking on the uh, bank of the lake the other day mm-hmm. and they're out there browsing there some deer there too <laughs> yeah. oh, gosh and you know they love anything they eat almost everything if you got hostas you got to watch your hostas mm-hmm. um and then there's a lot of the the deer like deer off deer away you know most of that stuff it works you just have to be conscientious if it rains, a lot of stuff you got to reapply. Does that stuff work for the for the bucks that are rubbing on the trees as well? Like if I spray my trunk, the tree no. trunk no. with that, so the only no. thing really is to put a piece of fence or hardware kind of cloth yeah. around that a trunk. Physical okay. barrier. Okay. They're going to be rubbing, you know, get the velvet off their antlers yeah. and marking their territories. And so a lot of times we'll just use a, depending on how big the trunk is, because even if the trunk is five or six inches, you get a big buck, mm-hmm. you know, they'll scrape yep. it. And if they scrape it, rub it all the way around the trunk and completely girdle it, you know, that's going to kill the tree. But, you know, we'll use uh, plastic pipe, like corrugated pipe or even fencing, just anything that'll bother them. They mm-hmm. just, you know, they like a nice clean trunk. To a- about how long do you have to leave it on until, do, how do you know when the rut's over? Well, it's just a good idea to leave it on until like early spring, late winter, early spring. And then, you know, that's when they're losing their antlers. And plus, if you're using a black plastic pipe, you don't really want to keep that on during the summertime. Yeah. You yeah. can bake the trunk underneath it. All right, Dick, stick around. I'm sure we'll have some tree questions. For more information about Davy Tree or to ask what's going on with your trees, go to davy.com slash kdka. And don't forget, you can always call the experts at Davy Tree at 855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733. We have room for some phone calls at 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank, Instant Access, kdkradio.com. And don't forget, Coons Cooking, our next hour on KDK Radio, then Heffron Tillett's and Germani and You. Then we wrap up today with that two-hour broadcast that is the Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday show at 11 a.m. Stay with us. It's time for Mrs. Know-It-All. That's Denise Schreiber, grower, horticulturist, and garden goddess. Denise, how are you this morning? Uh, good. You know, I'm actually starting to pull out a few things out of my um, deck boxes. So two things. One, um, if people have noticed petunias aren't blooming, blooming pr- as profusely as they were, they are pretty much what we call a long-day plant. And because the days, unfortunately, are getting shorter, much to my dismay, um, it means they're not going to bloom as much. 
Um, you know, so there are plants, you know, you can Google long day and short day plants and, you know, see the entire list. But that actually happens and people think that they've done something wrong. No, unless you can control the sun, there's really nothing you can do about it. The other thing is, my buddy Dick is there. We saw each other at the farmer's market last week. Um, if he would like to talk about the landscapers are out in full force again, and this is the time of year where they go up to homeowners and say, oh, we'll trim your tree for you, and you get the lollipop effect, you know, where they just, you know, kind of round it out like you would see a tree on a little train set. And then in the spring, you're going to start to see uh, the water sprouts come straight up. So if Dick wants to talk about that, that would be great so people know about them. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to go out of uh, any tree with shears, and I see that all the time. And, you know, some people, you know, they go out there with actual head shears, and they're shearing their trees. They should be pruned and let them grow into a tree form. And then also, if you're doing that this time of year, you're cutting off all the flower buds, so you're not going to get many flowers. And the trees just aren't supposed to look like lollipops. And it's an important thing that she brings up in in saying that, you know, you need to have a, a certified arborist come out and assess the tree. You don't just hire somebody with their name slapped on the side of a truck who calls himself an arborist. Like, you, you need to make sure that it's someone who has that certification, which is super important. No doubt. All right, let's get back to these busy, busy phones. Next stop is Frank. Frank, you're on KDK's Organic Gardeners with Doug and Jess and Dick Till from Davy Tree. How are you? Yes, good morning. I just have a general question. Um, I have a hillside in the back of my house, and right now I have juniper across the hillside. But with the rain and everything we've had, I've talked to one or two people, and they said basically what it is, it's a fungus, I guess, with all the rain and everything. And they said take out a lot of the bad stuff, and then they gave me a something to spray on it but when i start looking to take out the bad stuff there's a lot of bad stuff so i think i'm probably going to lose the entire hillside my question is because they said nothing well of course nothing lasts forever they says juniper doesn't last real long i guess it's been in about eight years maybe something and anyhow my question is if i were to replace the juniper what is something that's i mean nice looking but something strong and again i know nothing's going to last forever but something to be a little bit more hardy, something that can, you know, withstand maybe the changing seasons and everything instead of the juniper. Are these the blue rug junipers, the ground cover junipers? Ground cover. Yeah. Yeah, they do get a tip blight, you know, again, with all the rain and the humidity. uh, If you can cut the infected tips out, then you'll see the little black spores on the tips there. You want to Right, but there's quite a bit of that, so I think I'm going to lose the whole hillside. Yeah, but if... If the whole I mean, what do you think of that, Dick? I mean, junipers are pretty tough. Yeah, but with all this rain this. and humidity again, there's a lot of different tip blights. Um, that if they're not treated early in the spring, they have to be treated right when the buds are opening. And the fungicide works as a pre-emergent for the fungus. But if it's established that much and you're getting a bunch of dieback, then the plants are weak, and then that's when the root rots can come mm-hmm. in. You might even have bores in there. Yeah, those ground cover junipers, if you get 10 or 12 years out of them, a lot of times you're lucky. So what do we replace them with? Um, hillsides. Oh, I always hate to hear about hillsides. <laughs> I <right>? know. <laughs> but uh, there's a lot of ground covers, you know, if you like the ivy, like an English ivy or a purple winter creeper. Uh, just got to watch a winter creeper because the deer like those. Um it just depends, you know, if there's a lot of sun, maybe stay away from the Pachysandra. Um, 
just got to do a little homework and decide what mm-hmm. you want. You know, if you want the evergreens or if you want something that's going to fill in, um, just kind of up to the, the homeowner to make I like Catoniaster. I think Catoniaster is kind of a nice, you know, the ones, the rock spray mm-hmm. that, that stay real low. They get those pretty little red berries on them. Mm-hmm. I've never had a problem with the deer eating them. Do they? Do you, have you had a experience with them eating the Catoniaster? Uh, if they get real hungry, the main problem with those sometimes will get spider mites, um, or lace bugs. Yeah, a little easier the, the, to manage though than right. the than the blight on the juniper. Right. Exactly. Um, but it's you know, and that's the thing finding the right the right fit for an area like that yeah, you is, do a little is homework tough. And yeah. Decide what you want. You Dick, do. thanks very much as always. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Remember, the organic gardeners always aim to create a better place to garden and a safer place to live. All right, there they go, Doug and Jess, along with Dick Till, Davy Tree, Davy Tree, talking trees. Back in two weeks, we're going to be back in a couple of minutes after Shelby Gassessi gets you caught up in live and local news at eight. Then, of course, turning the page to that next part of our Sunday get together that's Coons Cooking Hour, and then Heffron Tillotson, your money, and you, Jim Meredith, Ray Ballantyne, and me in studio today. And then from 11 to 1, it's the Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday Show. Lots still more to come. Rob Pratt Sunday rolls on for this uh, Sunday on KDK Radio, August 25th, 2019. Good morning. Hey, Rob Pratt reminding you something for everyone at Janoski's Farm in Clinton. Open every day, 8 to 7. Like him on Facebook. Find out more at Janoski's.com. Canning tomatoes, canning peaches, canning peppers are now ready at Janoski's Farm in Clinton. Janoski, Bakery Pie of the Month, Delicious Peach, Arrowhead Wine Cellars, Wine of the Month, Moscato, Garden Center Cell at Janoski's, Greenhouse, All Trees and Shrubs and Perennials, 50% off. And don't forget, sweet corn, peaches, tomatoes, zucchini, cucumbers, beans, cabbage, potatoes, and cantaloupe and more. All Janoskis. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.